Boom! And there it is. God bless America. I'm Andrew Britton. This is Red, White, and True Podcast, BTW Shorts. BT Dubs. BTW standing for By The Ways, which is probably going to end up getting called BT Dubs. But uh, I thought this would be a good opportunity to take a look at a singular topic during the day, add some clips to it, have some conversation, do some dialogue about these things, and have something that is a little bit easier to consume um, for you guys on a day-to-day basis, trying to do this maybe two to four times a week. Um, so that it could it'd be short enough to be consumed uh, on a drive to work, on a lunch break, or a break at work, or a workout. Um, something that's not quite as lengthy, not going to be in the 40 to 50 minute long range, which seems to be where um, the first sets of podcasts have been. Um, and I want to take this opportunity on this, this first BT-dub shorts version of Red, White, and True podcast to talk about rhetoric and language from prominent politicians and teachers and other members of the community. And these new phrases and terms and shift in terminology and words that are being used to describe different things to us that we already had names and definitions for, but because everything's so much about messaging and emotional responses to messaging, there's this new whole new set of phrasing and terms out there that we have to try to acquaint ourselves with so that we understand and know what in the hell some of these people are talking about why 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 goodness gracious easy does it there why because i think it's important that we understand what this terminology is especially when it's getting thrown at us daily by prominent people so the first one i want to talk about here and we are hearing it everywhere we literally just heard it from the vice president in relation to how we should supply support resources to people affected by the hurricane. But first, I want to get into a definition of the difference between equity and equality, right? We hear this all the time. Equity, equity. Oh, it's got to be equity. Notice that that terminology changed because it used to be equality. You know, equality, the thing the United States of America was built on that it stands for. And yes, we didn't start in the greatest places from an equality standpoint, but as time has moved on, we have always been moving forward to create a more perfect union to provide equality to all citizens. So needless to say, moving forward here, this is a definition of the difference between equality versus equity. So equality means Each individual or group of people is given the same resources or opportunities. So this sounds like America. This sounds like capitalism, free market capitalism, the free market of ideas, democracy. You know, we're all given the same opportunities to start with. What you do with those opportunities from there is on you. Okay, now we get into the equity side of things. Okay, equity recognizes that each person has different circumstances and allocates the exact resources and opportunities needed to reach an equal outcome. That's the critical piece there, an equal outcome. Okay, understand that everybody, regardless of what your talent, skills, whatever your situation is, everybody getting to an equal outcome is a base premise of socialism and communism, right? Well, we are not representative of those things here. So 
just as an understanding, you think, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is a fringe term that's being used in the fringe. No, no, it's definitely not. So here are some clips of the vice president, the president, and Ashish Jha, Dr. Ashish Jha, White House staffer, talking about equity. Every White House, every White House component and every agency will be involved in this work because advancing equity has to be everyone's job. Government has to change as well. We need to make equity and justice part of what we do every day. Today, tomorrow, and every day. But I promise you, we're going to continue to make progress to eliminate systemic racism. What the heck are you talking about? So that is our commander-in-chief, in all of his infinite wisdom, telling us that America is essentially racist and that for minorities to reach the same dreams as non-minorities, that they need to be given a heads-up or advantages in order to be able to get to those heights, to achieve those dreams, which I can tell you, I'm an engineer, is a total load of rubbish because some of the smartest people I have ever worked with were minorities, were black or brown skin or female. And let me tell you, they did not need a heads up or they did not need any advantages. That's true. That is true. And I know it's true. And Joe Biden knows it's true because of this nugget that he dropped on us during the campaign. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. That's just how white folks will do you. Well, I guess some white folks. But moving on here, I want to play this clip for you. This is Dr. Ashish Jha telling us that coming out of COVID, we don't need to get back to normal because, you know, the America that we had prior to this administration where we had strength and we had prosperity and things were going well, we had the luxury of arguing over social issues. You know, we don't need to get back to that normal. We need to get back to this new normal that's based on equity, a new direction, understanding that depending on which poll you look at, about 70 to 80 percent of the country, everybody, Democrats, independents and Republicans think that this country is heading in the wrong direction. But here's Dr. Ashish Jha telling us that that doesn't matter. We need to move in the direction of their agenda. I've heard Secretary Cardona say this over and over again. You know, people do talk about going back to normal. And I've heard Mr. Secretary uh, say, you know, normal wasn't working out so well for for some people. And so the goal in my mind is not to go back to normal. The goal is to build a very different new normal that has equity much more at the heart of it. And realize what he's saying to you there. He's saying that regardless of where we all start from or how hard we work or the differences between us, we all need to end up in the same place via equity. Everybody should end up in the same place. Like that's not the definition of socialism. Okay. But I would challenge them to this. If you genuinely believe that everybody should end up in the same places, are you willing to give up your lavish luxury lives to come down and live like the rest of us plebes? Would you be willing to do that? Any Washington politician that believes in socialism, that's pushing this equity so hard, would you be willing to come down and live like the rest of us? I bet the answer to that question is no. They want to be in the ruling class while the rest of us live like plebes and don't have the opportunity to live the American dream. That's a joke. Now, come on, don't fight it. Well, I have to fight it, okay? But surely in a natural disaster, when people are suffering and hurting their property, their personal items, 
Some of their friends and family may have even lost their lives. Their lives are turned upside down. Surely equity would never play a part in how we would divvy out resources for recovering from a natural disaster that certainly indiscriminately damages any property or kills any people. It doesn't care what the color of your skin is. Surely we wouldn't bring equity into the equation when we're looking at recovering from a natural disaster. But you'd be wrong. Here's our vice president. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, but we also need to fight for equity. That's insane. That is absolutely insane, especially coming from the vice president of the United States of America to say that. Oh, we're not going to hand out you know, resources based on need. Oh, no, it has to be based on equity. Because let me ask you this. If somebody is obsessed with skin color, obsessed with it, does that make them not care about people's skin color? Or does it mean that they do care about the color of people's skin? And they do judge people based on the color of their skin? I don't know. Because in my personal life, I... Don't think I spend any time thinking about the color of anybody's skin because I really don't care. So I don't have to talk about it all the time because it doesn't matter to me. This is fundamentally, unbelievably ironic. It's like up is down and down is up. It doesn't make any sense. Wrong is right. But let's move into some other stuff that doesn't make any sense here. Okay, so I'm pretty sure we've all heard nowadays of the the gender terminology and pronouns situation that we have going on, oftentimes being pushed by educators of our young children. So I forgive me for this. Some of these clips are long. I tried to pull some pieces out of them, but it's so powerful that I couldn't take anything out of these things. So hang on with me, but listen to this. Hi, it's International Pronouns Day. I'm a non-binary elementary school teacher, so here's how I talk to my students about pronouns and such. Hi, my name is Mix K. It's Mix. So kind of like cookie mix or mixing bowl, that sort of thing. That's how it's pronounced. See, I'm not a mister or a miss, so I go by Mix because that's what makes me happy. Now, you have a name that you like to be called other than the name that's on the paper, right? Now, I don't consider myself to be a boy or a girl. I just see myself as a person. So I'm actually non-binary. I'm not really comfortable with feminine terms being used for me. If you can find some alternatives, that would be great. My pronouns are they, them, and she, hers. I don't know. I don't know either, President Obama. But I, I got to tell you, this is not a complicated debate, okay? Gender is not a complicated debate. I don't understand how this got to such a crazy place. But when I hear the total misuse of grammar that way, especially coming from people that are supposed to be educators. It, it makes me think of one thing. When we're talking in plurals about singular people, it, it really blows my mind. And forgive me, but this is where my mind always goes to every time I hear that. My name is joking aside here, I, I, I want to put an end to this gender debate here. So I am a man. I have a penis. I was born with it. I also have two children. One is a girl. 
one is a boy. When we got their ultrasounds, the nurse doing the ultrasound indicates that you're looking for some specific things. If you're having a girl, you're looking for a hamburger bun. If you're having a boy, you're looking for, I don't know, the twig and berries or the franken beans, all right? They're even distinguishable on an ultrasound, okay? And then when they're born, when they're born and they come out, these two traits are very distinguishable. And gender is those distinguishable genital parts, okay? Not a biologist, just an engineer, just an automation engineer. But I do understand this, okay? So when my daughter came out, she had a vagina, and that made her a girl. When my son came out, he had a penis, and that made him a boy. But if that's not enough for you, there is something else that can never be changed. So when my daughter came out with her vagina, she had two X chromosomes, and those can never be changed. No matter what surgery you get, no matter what you try to do, no matter how you transition, that can never be changed. When my son came out with his penis, he had an X and Y chromosomes, and that can never be changed. No matter what you do, no matter what surgery you get, no matter what transition you do, you can never change that. And just in case we've forgotten or we need a reminder, that's called science. Biology in particular, and not particularly high-level biology. I mean, these things have kind of been recognizable and identifiable since we were cavemen. I don't know. What an idiot. Really? You think so? I don't know. Maybe. I Maybe so, I guess. And guys, I want to say this. I don't care what you want to be. I really don't. If you want to be homosexual, transsexual, cross-dresser, lesbian, gay, I really don't care. Live your own life. Do what makes you happy. As long as what makes you happy doesn't infringe on other people's rights, this is the United States of America. Do your thing. Do your thing. But when you start taking that ideology into classrooms and pushing that on our children and calling us names if we don't agree with that stuff, now we've taken this to a different place. And it is alarming and it is very, very irritating to call people bigots because they don't want to use incorrect grammar to refer to a singular person as plural? Uh, it, it's beyond me. That's a mystery. It is a bit of a mystery to me because wouldn't you calling somebody else names for not agreeing with you for their beliefs make you the same thing that you are accusing them of doing to you? I mean, that would be the same thing, right? You don't agree with me, so you are a transphobic, or you are a whatever-phobic or ist you want to call somebody. It doesn't make any sense. Logically, it just doesn't make sense. But this next thing, this next thing really pisses me off. It pisses me off. Because let me ask you this, just logically. If we had a serial killer that killed a whole bunch of people, would we call them a... Persistent roughhouser until fatality with sharp or deadly objects. Because we didn't want to hurt their feelings. I mean, would we do that to somebody who's a killer or somebody that committed homicide? I mean, that doesn't feel like that would be right. Because committing homicide and killing people is terrible. Well, guess what else is terrible? That we are now creating 
new names and terminology for so that we don't hurt people's feelings. We have created a new name for pedophiles. Listen to this. Hi folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. All right. Yeah, because we should be concerned about the people's feelings that want to sexualize children or do sexual things to children. Clearly, you don't have children, but sorry I cut in. I'll let you keep going. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So I, I think I get it now. We don't want to hurt the people's feelings that want to have sex with children. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. You are a crazy person. Oh, I bet you thought it was it, because surely you thought only one person could possibly believe in that. But you'd have been wrong. Here we keep going. Um, I use the term minor attracted person or MAP uh, in the title and throughout the book for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, because I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want others to use for them. Wait, if I do something terrible, can I just have people call me a saint? Um, they've advocated for it primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. Um, I've definitely heard the idea that you brought up, though, that the use of the term minor attracted person suggests that it's okay to be attracted to children. That's because it does when you create some fluffy marginalized name for something terrible. Uh, but using a term that communicates who someone is attracted to that doesn't indicate anything about the morality of that attraction. Um, stigma against maps is a problem in part because it makes maps think that they're monsters. Um, that's really problematic in terms of map well-being. Um, it's really hard to cope when you think you're a terrible person uh, because you have attractions that you can't change. You make me sick. I mean, how did we get to this place in society where this is where we are? Look, guys, I can accept people for who they are and what they want to be. I can accept that. As long as people don't push that ideology onto our children and try to do this behind parents' backs. And... As long as people don't approach this from a closed-minded perspective and demonize and try to cancel and call names to people who may not understand or agree with you. And I think the other thing is, the only minor attracted persons we should have should be minors. And I don't mean like people that work in a coal mine. I mean not adult people. But when you start creating marginalized names for the people that sexualize and want to harm children, you have crossed a very, very, very bold line. You are normalizing, normalizing 
sexual behavior from an adult towards a child. Find me a parent that thinks this is a good thing. Doesn't exist. Guys, I hate to end the podcast angry with that crazy lady talking like that. Well, that crazy lady and that professor saying the things that they said because those things are awful. But I think it's important that we hear these things and that we know that people are saying these things in public so we can squash these movements before they get to be too mainstream and it's harder and they are more acceptable and normalized. But I'd like to thank every one of you for joining in to the first Red, White, and True BTW, BT-dubs, BT-dubs podcast, the short version. And I hope that you all join us back here soon. I'm Andrew Britton, your host, Red, White, and True podcast. Always, always seek the truth. Always seek the facts and always protect our children. So this is Andrew Britton, Red, White, and True podcast. And guys, I'd like to thank you for joining me. You can find us on Facebook at Red, White, and True, Redefining Progress. Uh, We're working on Twitter. You can find us also on the website, which is rwtrue.com. Please like us, follow us, give us feedback, give us some topics, some things that you may want to hear talked about or questions that you may have, whether you agree or disagree respectfully, and we will happily get back to you as soon as possible. And guys, talk about these things with your friends. Talk about these things with your family. Have discussions with people that may not agree with you. And always remember that the road to progress is paved in facts. Boom. I love America. God bless America.